You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, a theater entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. We're here to bring you the latest scoop on all the Broadway stuff going on. This week we're doing an awesome special spotlight episode on Hades Town, the new Broadway. Well, not so new, but feels new still. Um, the 2019 Tony Award winning best musical, Hades Town, which we saw last night at the Walter Crow Theater in uh, New York City on Broadway. Just so you all know, this will contain spoilers on Hades Town. So if you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it first and listen to this, that might be a good idea, or you could just listen anyway. Uh, but we're warning you that we will have spoilers on Hades Town. Um, so this is your warning. If you're not going to see it, right, you can read about it you and you can listen it. to the soundtrack. Yes, there is, <laughs> this is there is no televised version of this yet. Anyway, this is the um, Broadway production that is playing in New York City of the show Hades Town. Just mm-hmm. so you all know that. Um, all right, so a, f- a few interesting fun facts and history on the show um, before we kind of dive into our opinions and things. Hades Town has music, lyrics, and book by Anais Mitchell. Mm. It is choreographed by David Newman, developed with and directed by Rachel Chavkin, who won the Tony Award for this as well. Won many Tony Awards in 2019. The cast that we saw, very similar to the original Broadway cast, um, Orpheus was played by Reeve Carney from the original cast. We saw Eurydice, played by Ava Noblezada. Uh, sorry, Noblezada. We had Persephone, um, played by Lana Gordon, normally played by Amber Gray, but at certain performances, Persephone is billed as being played by Lana Gordon, and we did see Lana Gordon play that role last night. Hades was played by Tom Hewitt. Hermes by the Tony Award-winning Andre DeShields. Uh, the Fates were Joelle Blackman, Jesse Shelton, and Marion Torres. And then there was the Worker Chorus, and the Swings, the Understudies, and the Band, and, all, and, all, and so on and so on. Um, this won a lot of Tony Awards. It won a lot of Tony Awards in 2019. It was developed um, over many years, mainly off-Broadway at the New York Theater Workshop, and then made a transfer to Broadway, winning eight Tony Awards in 2019. Moulin Rouge just won the Tony Award for Best Musical a few weeks ago. Prior to that, Hades Town was the holder of the Best Musical, um, Tony. And we did not see this show pre-COVID. It was always kind of on our list, um, yeah, and we never after... really got to it because the tickets were a little pricey, and we were like, we'll wait, and we'll see. And then it just closed, so we were like, thank God, goodness that it opened up again, we were able to get a ticket to go see it, and we really enjoyed it. So overall thoughts, what are we thinking? What are your overall thoughts on this piece? Well, I guess my initial thoughts are that I enjoyed okay. <laughs> this piece. Um, it was, you know, I 
didn't really know what to expect with Hades Town. I didn't do much reading up on it ahead of time. I didn't really listen to the soundtrack ahead of time. So I was always kind of wondering, what is this show about? And obviously, I, I figured Hades had something to do with the Greek god Hades and where um, does he exist in this place? So then I kind of knew going in, it was like, okay, Greek mythology, and we're going to be learning about a certain love story, possibly, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually really liked the inspiration that was taken from the story. I like what they did with putting their whole little twist. I find that they weren't really playing the typical Greek god characters. It was like a inspiration happening in like a jazzy style world and that the underworld was ruled by Hades. And, you know, we have the different characters going down to Hades town. So um, I liked the music. I liked the lighting. I liked the set. I liked a lot of things around it. I, um, yeah. What, what are your initial uh, thoughts? My initial thoughts are, I, I don't not sure if I enjoyed it as much as you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good piece of theater. Um, I found that at times there was just some things that were a little disconnected for me. Um, I think it's really cool when you take an old story from like the Greek myths or Shakespeare or something like that and you really transform it. I loved how um, human um, humanistic these characters were. There wasn't anything fantasy, Disney-esque about it, so they were really rooted in a reality of real people having real dilemma and love and trial and tribulation and things like that. Um, I loved the way the set moved, the lighting moved, the way that happened. I thought some performances were outstanding. Um, and the choreography was great. I just thought there was some disconnect. Some of the music to me wasn't thrilling. Um, I thought some of it was a little lackluster and a little slow. Some of the songs stood out as wonderful. I think it was 30 minutes too long. <laughs> I think it could have been a 90 minute one act show even, um, I would have loved to see this in the round because there was such circular motion throughout the piece. The set was curved. Everything could have been like, like Natasha Pierre and the great comedy. We, we saw that in the round, which was so cool. I wish they transformed this theater like that. This would have been really cool to been in the round with them. I also would have loved to see this in a smaller theater. We were way upstairs, way in the back. So yeah. we were quite distant from it. Um, which is fine. Cause that was one of the cheaper tickets <laughs> because Broadway is expensive y'all. Okay. <laughs> it still was expensive. Uh, it still is expensive. <laughs> and we're trying to see everything. And even when, when we were paying $85 to sit in the last row, up because that's yeah. way up there. That's that's how much Sometimes that is. Sometimes I wonder so. about that when it comes to shows because we're up there and we're watching everything from like the bird's eye view. Yeah. Now. So I always wonder, like, does a director take that into account? Like, or are they creating the show based on like someone sitting in the orchestra? Um, I, I mean, technically, a director is supposed to have a show presented to an audience no matter what seat they're in. It's supposed to be when I direct shows I, in a theater that has a balcony, I go upstairs sometimes to the balcony, I check out the sight lines up there. I go way to the end of the side and I check out the sight lines. And if it's not perfect, it's partial view, okay, but I have to make sure things are looking good for everyone. So yeah, I thought the coolest part of sitting way upstairs was watching them go down to Hades Town. I think as an as the Broadway audience member, you wouldn't see them fully. We see them go way down. The depth of that stage is quite deep. It is. And it was deep. cool to see when, like, one moment Andre De Shields walked over and looked down. I was like so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's really far down. You know? um, but it was <laughs> cool to see it from up there. There's like a little way. bit of like emotion in there because you do see them. It's like they go down to a certain point and then it starts Tracks sliding out. the other yeah, way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So overall, I don't think it was a horrible show. It wasn't my favorite. Um, I don't. 
I understand the hype because it's really cutting edge and it's beautiful. I don't understand the extreme hype of people saying, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Maybe I'm glad some people think that. I don't think this is the greatest thing I ever saw. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, and it's a good piece of theater. And, and that's what's great it. about theater is that there's something for everyone right. out there. There we go. All right, cool. Yeah. So I would love to kind of get your opinion on the characters and who were playing the characters and how did you think that they yeah. did on yeah. each job. So like we have Orpheus, we have Eurydice, Persephone, Hermes, Hades, and the Fates. I think we're like the major characters yes. of this part. And like I actually was really – I really – enjoyed almost everyone in their character mm-hmm. i thought they all sang really nice yeah uh, for the most part okay. <laughs> i think there was maybe one that okay questionable choices on the way he sings but <laughs> um but i really liked the dynamics between both of the characters a lot of the characters here yeah i mean i think who you're talking about earlier is maybe reeve carney and as orpheus <laughs> yes. i mean he's he's great he's committed to this youthful energy his voice is just a little different it's mm-hmm. this like Roger from Rent style rock and roll um, kind of a voice. It got really a little like pitch, not pitchy or whiny. It just had a tone that wasn't really gelling for me the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's talented. I think he did a nice job. I wasn't blown away by that. Right. Yeah. Um, also, we had um, Eurydice played by uh, Avil Noblezada. I think she was great in Miss Saigon when we saw her. I think she's really, really talented in general. Um, she was great in this, too. She's a great voice. I think she was really, really great. I really enjoyed her. I really liked her songs as well. I think there were some things when she sang Flowers. And I also thought the duet between both Orpheus and Eurydice mm. when they sang All I Ever Known. That's a beautiful yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. That was really beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. And actually, I... I I'm in agreement with you that I thought, like, light my candle. I kept hearing, like, from Rent. Yeah, it was that <laughs> kind your, of a moment. Isn't that one of your? And I don't really songs. like that song in Rent, and I don't really like that whole thing. And the Mimi Roger vibe was like in this. I felt it a little in there, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, I thought Lana Gordon as Persephone was wonderful. I I've heard wonderful things about Amber Gray playing this role as well, but I thought she was great. Um, she was really committed to it. She had a lot of fun, especially that opening act two number. I thought she was really great in that. Um, Tom Hewitt is Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Page is usually playing Hades. Like he's been in the last few months. I think Patrick Page is coming back eventually. But he was great. That deep voice was so menacing. His evil look and his way he sang that songbird song was so evil and dark. And I thought he was really, really good. Yeah, it's like one of the perfect people to play yeah. that role. Yeah. Right? It's like it's supposed to get you in and be this ruler of a guy. Yeah. So yeah. it was nice. Um, and we go to Hermes, of course, Andre DeShields, who is the Tony Award-winning performer from this show. Um, he was really great. I mean, the audience was just eating him up. You could tell the audience loved every single little thing he was doing. He was committed. He's a great narrator. Mm-hmm. He's so committed to doing exactly what you want is to look to someone on the stage to help you further the plot. What's next, Hermes? What's next? And you kind of look to him. He was there the whole time. He moved around the stage. He was like this um, elderly presence where you kind of confided in and having some trust and some faith in. He's Andre DeShields. Yeah. He's 70-something years old. He's never won his Tony Award. This was his Tony Award win. Fun fact for all of you listening out there, he is the original Wizard of Oz in the original Wiz in the original Broadway cast. Yeah. Like, that's going back. Yeah. And he's up here eight times a week or however many shows they're doing a week doing this role that is physical, that is on your feet for two and a half hours, moving around, moving stages. Like I, I, I get nervous. Like oh, that stage is moving. You got to be careful where you're stepping. And he's and he was on the stage probably for the whole the whole time, time most of it anyway. I'm really committed. I was very very impressed. He was funny at times too. He was and charming. he just really owned that character. It was nice. I I think part 
part of the I'm going into the story like part of this for me was the open number opening number was so important to really get into the show yeah and I found like everyone was so excited that the show was starting and I was missing some things from that opening number and it was like it was more about just like we're in this jazzy setting style and let's sing like that and like for me as a viewer that was really hard for me because that opening number was so important and that I didn't do any reading ahead of time. So when we're introducing these characters, I was like, hmm, all right, this, I had to, at intermission, read the little yeah, character synopsis yeah. of each one to understand, like, what was actually happening. My tip would be to people going to see this or getting ready, maybe just read up on some of these characters a little bit and kind of know that this is about a Greek, you know. Right. Uh, story and and things like that. Um, yeah, I did miss some things in the beginning of the introductions. It's also said in 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 poetry style prose verse kind of mm-hmm. so so it's not like book scenes. It's la 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 rhymes with la 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 and it was kind of rhyming throughout. So that was the so it's hard, you got to kind of catch on that. It's an art piece. It's clearly an art piece, right? Yeah. Um, so that's cool, and it was great. It was just something I didn't even know going into. I, I didn't even know it was going to be like that. Kind of yeah, stuff. and it's kind of very Natasha Pierre. Like it's yeah, it's almost which completely... was fun. Which was fun. I don't know why. Like I was having more fun in that. I think because we were in the round, mm-hmm. we were all surrounded by the musicians and the singing and the dancing. Moulin Rouge is not in the round, and yet I still felt that sense of. And it was good in this too. I just felt like I, we were so far away. Maybe that's what part of it was is where we were sitting. Maybe we would have had a different experience if we were really up close. Mm-hmm. I loved the I loved the set incorporating the band, the band kind of being characters and the music being live in person. Well, that was something that we learned later on, that the band were members of the species. Yeah, right. That exactly. That we didn't really right. realize. And they were so talented. Half of them weren't even looking at music half the time. Like the trombone player was so talented right. and just like kind of doing his thing the whole time. It was very cool. And I guess that goes into the story a little bit. And I think what I like around this story is like we're meeting these characters and it's really about Orphice and Eurydice and how Orpheus, Orpheus and Eurydice, yep. Orpheus, sorry. Um, and how they kind of are showing their love for each other. But one kind of has a little bit of doubt at first on is this real, which is Eurydice. And she's craving something more. And then she finally does fall in love with him. And then he's so busy on writing this song. And I wonder what spring really represents in that song. And is Eurydice spring? Mm. You know, Mm. when she comes, was that spring for him? Because it's all about these flowers. And I find, I was finding like in this, that there was a theme around that. So that when she then goes down to Hades town, because I feel like I'm going out a little bit, but Persephone brings summer and she's supposed to bring spring and summer to the show. Right, but she's the summer and Hades is the winter kind right. of. And so anytime spring Hades, and fall are missing right now. Anytime Hades brings her down to Hades town, then it goes back into winter. Mm-hmm. And that's when people are struggling and people are poor and they don't want poor in Hades town. Hades says no poverty is allowed in Hades mm-hmm. town. So he then takes his little songbird, um, Eurydice down to Hades town. And I was like, okay, I'm watching this. And Orpheus goes down there and we see him try to take her back and it's not really happening. And then he writes the song about spring Mm -hmm. and you find this little spark in Hades that he like loves Persephone again. So 
Well, there's definitely themes of love and spring and season cycles of seasons and who represents different seasons in the flower. Yeah, of course. Right. And so the flower then came out in that song yeah, again yeah, when he's yeah. singing. And I'm like, oh. So there was a part at the end of the show where Andre DeShield says, after we find that Eurydice is not going back to the world above, she's staying down in Hadestown because Orpheus and her... Orpheus. Orpheus, sorry. Couldn't... Um, she turned around and she he turns around in. and she sees, and that, that was because he doubted mm-hmm. what was happening. He, there was doubt there. He mm-hmm. couldn't make it. So now she's back to Hadestown that he says, we tell the story again. Um, Hermes says, we tell the story again. Yeah. And if you notice, she comes out mm-hmm. and it's at springtime and it, she's this fresh girl again yeah. and she has the flower already made. And I yeah. wonder what that represents. Yeah, yeah. To totally. Re- uh, well, restarting the story over, seeing them start again, saying we will keep telling this story is we is literal life. We keep having seasons, cyclical seasons that keep coming back. Life is cyclical like that. The year is cyclical like that. And for um, me, but important. did you ever feel like for a moment that this is her coming back because Persephone comes back at that same time yeah. from Hades Town? Right. Is it her again? Yeah, maybe. It's a cool theory. I mean, I think that's what leaves this open to interpretation, right? Is that open? This is a Greek myth, and this is the interpretation of that Greek myth and how it's represented on stage. It was nice that it, you know, it ends in tragedy. It's mm-hmm. a tragedy. I, I think um, Hermes says that. He says, this is a tragedy. Yeah. It's sad. And it's 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 not um, it's not going to end in rainbows and ponies here at the end. We're going to kind of remind ourselves of this is life, and a tree blossoms and blooms, and then the tree dies, and then it, or or the leaves die, and then it starts all over again. It's the circle of life. I think that's what a lot of this is. Maybe that's why there was this cyclical look to the set and to the revolving stage, and the, everything was cyclical and, and spinning and turning. And that was a cool director choice, which is why I think in the round the audience could have been sitting around and being part of that circle. I just think it missed that. Right. Opportunity, especially when you have producers doing Natasha Pierre in the round in a proscenium stage right. with the same director. I believe she directed Natasha Pierre, Rachel Jovkin. So like, it was interesting that this was, a, I would have liked to have seen that with this. But Right. I just thought that was a cool part of the story because yeah. it was like, I remember it's like they only have winter and summer. So now I feel like they started that ending with spring, unless I'm just making this up in my mind. But like, oh, is she coming back with Persephone now? And she is spring and summer. And now they have both of those seasons again. Maybe. Yeah, it's a cool theory on that, too. I mean, I think the story, it's cool. I think it's always really impressive when someone can take a Greek myth and really set this in a really different way and kind of tell the story in a different way. Um, I thought the direction of it was nice. I just think that the some of the music to me didn't really do exactly what a musical always seems to do. Mm -hmm. Some songs were great. Some were a little abrupt. They were quick songs, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, what what do you think about some of the director choices? In the- I yeah, I, listen. I think that I loved the set breaking apart, going down to Hades Town. The spinning stage was really cool. There were some moments that were a little lost. Like I think we learn in the very beginning of Act Two, Persephone's singing about how she has this like speakeasy club behind Hades' back, mm-hmm. and and it's just her at the mic. 
And then she's like singing, and all of a sudden she's like, let's start introducing the band. And I was like, what? Why is she introducing the band right now? She's in the middle of telling the story. But then I'm like, wait, oh, that's the band part. Like, there was some disconnected things for me. Like, I'm not saying we needed to do projections on this. We needed to do any sort of, like, flying in pieces of scenery. But a couple moments could have just been a little more connected. The whole time I kept thinking, like, we're in this jazz nightclub. Okay, Cool. Like, are we, but we're, we're in multiple places. Mm-hmm. We're on a train to Hades town. They keep saying the train, the train. There was no resemblance of a train in terms of the actor movement, the choreography, the lighting. It was just dropping down into the stage coming up. Cool. That's a choice. Um, maybe some projection lighting effect of like this traveling journey. I liked his, the best journey was when he was leaving, walking out and she was mm-hmm. behind him on that, that revolving, you know, we've seen turntable stages in Les Mis. That was where it started on Broadway. The, the first time turntables were used in Les Mis. It was a big deal in the 80s. Um, Hamilton really uses the turntable stage yeah. really well, so it works, right? Um, but some of the director choices, I think, were just a little, yeah, oh, we're back home now? Cool. Oh, we're back. It just seemed, and then the song would just end. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> the songs didn't seem to conclude, and there were so many songs. Yeah. I would have rather a few less songs. And I don't know. These are all just spe- little like specific dialogue. things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think, She's a brilliant director. She deserves the Tony Award for this. It's a wonderful interpretation of the story. I just think at times it seemed a little long, and maybe it could have just been a little trimmed up. It's, 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 it, the plot is not extremely thick, so I think it could have been trimmed up a little bit. Um, but I thought the choreo was great. The direction they went the with the movement of this ensemble and the choreography and the movement of it and that vibe was just really great. So, I thought there was a beautiful moment in that scene, Wait for Me. Um, when he's singing that song and he's going down to Hades Town originally when they had the whole lighting yeah. moment. I think that was the same thing they did on the Tony Award yes. performance. And I was like, this is a really beautiful moment on the stage because we're getting into that effect of, oh, he's walking through. What is he walking through? Is he walking through woods? Is it a storm? I think right. that's what it was representing. Right. And it, it was something that was like really exciting to mm-hmm. watch. It was something really beautiful to watch. And then he finally gets to Hades Town. Right. Um, and watching those characters change from being, you know, people in the world down to people in Hades Town, it was really cool right, right. to watch. For sure. So, um, and I also, I thought there were some really great lighting moments mm-hmm. on the stage mm-hmm. using those effects that kind of just, anytime there was a storm happening that you didn't know was happening, yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting with contemporary musical theater. So, like, this, I got a lot of vibes of, like, Once from this, mm-hmm. which is that that awesome indie kind of um, guitars and, like, that that vibe of, of, a, of a modern musical. And I liked that. I like contemporary scores. I understand contemporary scores go to this rooted, stripped-down, small jazz band or just, like, guitar drums. Simple, simple, simple. I think it's great. I think it's there's room for this on Broadway. For some reason, just some of this music to me just didn't seem to really pop. And a couple songs st- stood out. Mm-hmm. But overall, I just thought there was a few songs too many. I feel like it was just – there was a couple moments I was like, oh, this is just dragging for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like there was – um there were some scenes where there was just like this big open bare stage and two people. And it's like, could we have brought the lighting down a little bit? Could we have made this an intimate moment, bring them to the audience? Yeah, there was just some moments where I would have maybe done something different. I, um, I think that's one thing that was having me think after seeing the show. It's like, what is the two and a half hour musical in the future? And yeah, yeah. is it needed? 
Because I find that sometimes we get these musicals and it's like everyone just thinks they need to have all of this music and they need to have this two and a half hour show with the intermission. Um, but it really could have been cut down to a 90 minute or a, um, yeah, like a 90 minute I think show. a 90 minute one act show in a smaller venue in the round would have done wonders. I think it would have been like a different show yeah. for me. I think I would have maybe seen some of this. And like I said, I, it doesn't need the Disney effect. And when I say that, I mean more smoke and mirrors, more lavish costumes and, and ah, ha, 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 but ha, it's evil musical. things. And it doesn't need that necessarily, maybe a little bit of it. But I think that the point of the direction of this was to root it in some sort of reality. These real people struggling with real problems and 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 making the Greek gods humanistic. But sometimes and I think I, I, think, I, and I get that. Yes, I get but that. sometimes I think like, it's a musical. And when people want to go see a musical, they want something that's a little spectacle. Yeah. And it may have been missing some of the spectacle moments. Yeah, at times, I think you could have done some really cool... This the journey down to Town and the journey back could have been like, whoa. And to yeah. me, it was just drop them through the stage. Okay, cool. But where was the like... Like I it said, was like, I, yeah, it was like you walked into another room and you were there. And then like the set broke apart. That's cool. But maybe the set should have broken apart so far that like... A backdrop came in and it was like something wildly different. So we mm. saw – I just kept getting the vibe that like this band is still here. This jazz club is still here. When are we truly leaving that set? Yeah. Um, and listen, maybe I'm one of the few because so many reviews gave this an amazing review and raved about it. And it deserves that, of course. Like I said, I didn't hate it. I thought it was really enjoyable. I just thought there were times where – Something seemed disconnected for me, yeah. um, and I wasn't a huge fan of all the music. But um, the performances were wonderful. They're having a great time. It's a it's a community piece. It's a piece of a, a group of a cast that's working hard together to tell this story. It's an important story. What does the story mean for? Clearly, someone wanted to tell this story now today, and it's about some things that we're going through today as a society, as a world, yeah. about love, about loss, about hope, about joy, about sadness, about cycles and seasons of course so many things right so yeah it's important it's a nice piece and we'll see you know but anyway it is time now (laughs) there's the bell ding dong ding so we're getting ready to wrap up our little uh review or thoughts on hades town the myth the musical as they bill it um overall give us our one minute recap what are your thoughts you go first oh i go first yeah okay you get to go first um hades town is a very important wonderful award-winning musical show on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I think it is enjoyed by many. It clearly is. It was sold out when we were there. Um, I'm glad it's back. I'm really glad to see original ideas like this brought to the professional stage. Um, And it's not just like a movie being turned into a musical, which is fine too, or someone's life story. It's an Mm -hmm. actual old story. And it's an original take on it. I, I don't think it was my favorite thing I ever saw, and I would have probably changed some things if I was kind of rowing this boat. But overall, it's nice, and um, I think it was a nice night at the theater, and it was inspiring for yes. me. It was a nice, nice inspiration. I would say for me that I I definitely enjoyed the show more than you. I would definitely recommend people that like unconventional theater to go see this show. There's fun jazz there's fun lighting there's great performers i really enjoyed that someone was inspired by something and was able to create a new original piece about it um and yeah i think like everyone should just go and enjoy it and um 
our dog is really annoying today. <laughs> He's so. walking around. If you're hearing any chomping in the background, that's our dog. <laughs> so that's my thoughts. If we do this from home. Here we go. So if you're hearing, what's that noise in the background of their podcast? That is our dog. His name is Humphrey. He's yes. a puppy still. He's only one and a half. So, yes, thank you for your patience with all that. Yes. <laughs> if it's a lawnmower, it's a dog, it's something. But, hey, we're you know doing what? this from this home. This is what we're doing. <laughs> Um, thank you all so much for listening. We got to wrap up here, but we hope you really enjoyed listening to us today. Maybe this will give you all inspiration to go see it, or maybe you already saw it and you agree with some of this or not. Regardless, follow us on Instagram at half hour podcast, and you could go check out the latest posts there. We can engage and comment with us and uh, let us know what you think, what you think our next podcast should be. We have a couple more shows coming up, some movie musicals coming up, always some good things. So keep checking back here. But like I said, make sure you follow us on Instagram at half hour podcast for the latest. And I'm going to drill into Jeffrey's head now when we hang up the (laughs) Orpheus, Orpheus, Orpheus. That's how you say that character's name. Orpheus. Yes. Thank you all so much. It's all comedy here. It's all comedy. We're having fun. It's light we hope you we glad we're glad you're all just tuning in for our little half hour uh off the cuff remarks and stuff here but yes thank you for listening make sure you check in next time and like i said follow us listen there's lots of podcasts we have out now mm-hmm. on different things um until next time i'm richie and i'm jeff saying ta-ta for now Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.